Welcome to the Reorg Primary View. I'm Jeff Burrows, a reporter on Reorg's core credit team. And today I'm joined by Michael Eisenband, the global co-leader of corporate finance restructuring for FTI Consulting. Today we're going to talk about FTI's new book for which Michael served as the consulting editor for, the second edition of Navigating Today's Environment, The Directors and Officers Guide to Restructuring. Welcome, Michael. And off the top, what was it like to update this book? Thanks, Jeff. Really wonderful being here with you today. Thanks for inviting me. So, um, yeah, it's been a great process, uh, um, a nice journey getting this this book done. A lot of people really helped. Um, it's it's as you I think as you mentioned, it's a second edition. We've done this book a little bit more than than ten years ago, and we'll talk about some of the things here. I'm sure it's going to come up why we we wanted to do a second edition. But I think it's important to point out that that this book is the the, the intended reader really are senior executives and and directors who are really dealing with business distress. And, and I, and I want to really point out up front, this isn't a novel. It was nice that you said this book by Mike Eisenman, Michael Eisenman, my mother would love to have heard that. It's not a novel. It's more of a manual on how to deal with things. So I think the reader is going to find that they're probably not going to sit there and, you know, stay up late at night, you know, reading chapter after chapter. But what they're going to find, there are chapters that are very relevant to different things that they're going through. And they're really going to be able to use this book as a reference manual when things come up and they're dealing with business distress. And it, again, as I, as I mentioned, a long journey, a lot of, you know, I've been in this business a long time. So we really tapped into a lot of our good friends in the industry, a lot of different bankruptcy attorneys and bankers and, and, and other advisors. And it was great, you know, getting together with them and collaborating on this. Um, and it was uh, it was actually very interesting and really fun putting it together. Yeah, and it certainly is timely as well. I mean, we'll talk about why uh, an update was necessary, but it couldn't have come in a more pressing year as uh, restructuring efforts look likely to increase, already have been increasing, bankruptcy filings look to go up, and it is a precarious year ahead. Um, I'll start with my first question. You mentioned in your chapter J. Crew and Neiman Marcus were some prime examples over the past decade or so of up to years, other creditor and creditor violence, uh, in part that prompted an update of this book. Are you still seeing these sorts of actions? Uh, and would you expect them to continue? Um, or, and how might they, they evolve further? So it's an excellent question. And it, it does tie into why one of the reasons why we read the, did this book. Uh, just digressing a second, talking about the last 10 years, say 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, I've been doing this literally since the 80s. And it certainly has been an evolution. And um, it's not just the way restructurings are done, it's the players. And that's the main thing that hit this. It's a different set of players. And over the last 10 years, as, as we all know, the distressed traders really started coming in heavily. Um, they started more than 10 years ago, but the last 10 years has just been, you know, just a, a flood of distressed traders. And they changed the landscape, even though the laws, the bankruptcy laws are the, are the same, they changed the way they do things. We could also talk about after the, the length of cases, because this also impacts why cases are done so, more, so much more faster. So anyway, um, as it pertains to, you know, Jay Crew and Neiman Marcus, what you're dealing with are... Um, you know, new, new money lenders coming in that are not your traditional commercial lenders, okay? And obviously a lot of private equity money is coming in, playing, playing in, this, in this space. And what they've done is 
um, been much more aggressive in terms of, of the credit documents, um, covenant life deals and such, and, you know, m making it much easier, easier to carve assets out. And that's one of the things that happened clearly in, in J. Crew and Neiman Marcus, where you get assets that are carved out, you know, and, 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 and sent down to, you know, an unrestricted sub. And then the, the senior lenders are actually losing some of their collateral. But based upon the documents, the credit agreements that they agreed to uh, under pressure from, you know, the, the, the new the new players out there, they didn't have as many remedies. So uh, to answer your second question, this is going to continue um, and might even get worse. I mean, it's a very, very aggressive market. There's a lot of money out there still, even in this environment, there's a lot of money out there. And when there's a lot of money chasing, you know, not not as many deals, it's supply and demand. And then you get watered down credit agreements and uh, watered down covenants. And then when uh, things hit the fan, um, and this is why the private equity wanted many of these covenants. When their assets, their investments get in trouble, there's other ways to get more liquidity into the situation without having to file Chapter 11, for example. And I, so I still think that's going to uh, continue. And uh, really insightful stuff. One of the other things that you had mentioned was a big change over the past decade or so uh, was monetary action. And uh, particularly uh, in recent months, recent quarters, we've seen a huge rate hike. Um, how would you say the Fed's hawkish rate path uh, and signaling that rates will be higher for a longer period of time? How does that change and, and or impact your outlook for restructuring and bankruptcies um, as this tide of easy money that was so prominent over the past decade uh, as that recedes? Well, it's interesting because... I want to really think about my answer because I'm, I'm, I want to think about is my answer today different than it would have been last Tuesday because today's right. Tuesday uh, before the whole situation with SVB uh, went down. So let's let's first answer it before and let, let's answer it what, what how I thought I would have answered this question and then let's see if there's any change. So clearly, um, and I've been through why as I said, been doing this a long time, been through a lot of different cycles. Um, they're all similar, but they're all different. Um, clearly, uh, there's still a lot of money out there, but uh, interest rates are going up. Companies are going to be more stressed. Credit is still get, is getting a little tighter. And I think you have the advent of so many poor performing companies over the last five to 10 years that have gotten cash, liquidity, instead of fixing themselves. They never got fixed. They just, you know, threw cash into the situation. So you have companies that are even in worse shape than they were before. They got more debt put on their books, and now rates are going up. There is no doubt about it that they are going to be under a liquidity crunch due to the debt servicing alone. I mean, debt servicing has gone up. Um, I was one of the people, you know, early on, and I still believe this one, and they said, oh, you know, interest rates may go up a half a point. Is that going to lead to increased restructurings? No, a half a point is relevant, but it's not that impactful. But four and a half additional percent is impactful. 
Are we going to get to 6%? We'll talk. I thought we were getting to 6%. Last week, I'd say we're getting to 6%. I actually um, was at a conference recently and listened to Larry Summers. Uh, Larry Summers, uh, the economist who worked in various uh, presidential administrations, believe there's a 50-50 chance that we're going to get to interest rates that begin with a six. Okay. Again, what just happened now uh, with SVB uh, and Signature is is impacting that. A lot of people think that the Fed, you know, is going to pause it. Um, but to, to, to answer your question, there's no doubt. Call it four percent. Call it five percent. Call it six percent. When you're dealing with companies that have hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars in debt, the debt service goes up. It's more liquidity. Uh, if operations aren't fixed. It's simply a lack of liquidity. We've already seen this. FTI being, you know, the leading restructuring firm out there, beginning in the second half of 2022, our business really started picking up. Um, you could look at the number of cases out there that are filed. Uh, you could look at the, you know, the different measures in different publications. I'm not going to mention any publications here other than yours, but different publications. You can say, well, this year there's X number of more cases than last year. There's no doubt. It's proven out. The market is moving uh, and interest rates are continuing to go up. There's going to be much more distress than we've seen in the last few years. Now, also, that being said, I think this one, I was on the phone earlier today with other folks. I think it's going to be a shallow recession, but it's going to be a longer recession than we've seen before. Because there is no white knight. Might be a white knight coming to save. They really, it's not a white knight coming to save SVB, okay? Or there's a white knight coming to save, you know, the depositors, okay? Um, and maybe and maybe the companies that, you know, that are using those institutions. But nobody's saving those, those institutions. Um, and I think that, uh, again, the, you know, the Fed is going to watch carefully, but they're not, they're, they're, they're not coming to the rescue of, of, you know, regular companies having liquidity prices. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the way you were writing about this back when this book was being first written and what the Fed was telegraphing, it's interesting how it's changed even in the past week now. Um, so stuff to watch out for. Um, but the reversal of easy money is one of the three things uh, that you had mentioned as a major factor that's changed in the corporate landscape since the first edition of this book, this guide came out. The other two you mentioned were higher leverage uh, and deteriorating credit quality. So we've seen a change in easy money. Um, right. Would you look for a similar change in either direction uh, for higher leverage and credit quality out there in the market? Uh, you know, so there's still, we say that, and we're talking about e the easy money's going away. Not, you know, this is gray. There's so much money out there, Jeff. There's still a lot of liquidity. You know, what's the expression that, you know, hole burning in your pocket? You still have these, you know, institutions, funds, you know, that were put together to lend money. And there is a proverbial hole burning in their pockets, you know, and they have to, they're, they're going to use that money. So I, I think that there's still money out there. I still think we're going to go through the same, you know, issue of in terms of credit quality. I think the credit quality is going to diminish. You know, all these things 
lead to um, a restructuring cycle, okay? And I think it's going to continue to lead to a restructuring cycle. I, I've always been amazed in my whole career when we get to this point when uh, we see uh, the, which way the economy is going, we see how companies are struggling, and then we see you know um, lenders loaning you know to companies that they should not be loaning to, and we in, in our business we we use and we still say they're just you know. They're creating our future inventory, and we see that. So you're going to continue to see, you know, poor, I think personally, poor credit decisions. Mm. It's ultimately uh, half of what keeps us in business. Poor operating decisions, poor lending decisions keeps us in business. But I think that trend is going to go out there. I think there's still a lot of money compared to, you know, prior cycles, and that money is going to be put in use, and we're going to continue. That's why I think this cycle is going to go on for for quite a while. Yeah, the uh, certainly uh, the, the amount of uh, cash that some of these firms still have to deploy is quite large. So I think um, the amount of money out there in the market is is still plentiful. One other uh, interesting note about the past decade or so, but even much more recently than that, um, a lot of new entrants into the leveraged lending market, such as BDCs, private credit funds, direct lenders. Um, how have you seen these type of entrants change the restructuring landscape? Uh, and might more players in involved in a restructuring, involved in a bankruptcy, complicate these processes uh, going forward? You know, it's interesting you say that. So I think it's going to continue, okay? These, it's going to continue. A lot, of, a lot of folks making a lot of money. Some people make bad decisions, they lose money, but a lot of folks making a lot of money. And, and I think it all ties together with how much money is out there. Um, but I think it's it's interesting when you think about this. You know, the the length of a restructuring, be it in court or out of court, the length of these restructurings are much shorter. Yet, the, the cases are much more complex. Mm. So it's really when you think about it, it's because of these, you know, very – you know, smart, um, aggressive folks coming in, um, and a lot of lot of money. So it's kind of like it, it kind of I, I don't even know what the word is, but it's really two things going against each other, right? You would think uh, the more complex the case is, the longer it should go, but um, because of all these new entrants in here and the advent of all this money. Um, and I, I, to answer your question, I think that money is going to continue to come in in a lot of different forms. Um, I do lament the fact, you know, I, I, I hate that I'm going to come across so old that I've been doing this for so long in the 80s. But we used to, we used to call it, re, you know, restructuring and reorganization, not just, you know, restructuring. We used to fix businesses. Cases were longer, not because there wasn't as much money coming in, and but people wanted to fix the problem. We would go in. And the first thing we would do is say, okay, there's a stay, bankruptcy, there's a stay. Okay, what's wrong with the business? The business has a fundamental problem. Let's put everything on hold. Let's fix the problem. We fix the problem, put together a business plan, come up with a valuation, and then negotiate with the creditors on what the return is going to be. Now, you know, these, you know, there's too many distressed players coming in. They're buying the debt at 40 cents on the dollar. If they can get out at 55 cents, you know, in four months, 
What a return. Company's not fixed. Mm -hmm. We see way too many chapter 22s than we ever did before. So I know it's a long-winded answer to say these players are still here, and I think it's even the more players are going to come in. They're not just because we're going through a, a, this cycle and some some deals are not going to work out for some. They've all made a lot of money and they're going to continue to be aggressive. Yeah, in the in the chapter that you helped write, I think it does a good job showing the length of these bankruptcies over time. And as you said, they've gotten much much shorter. And I it's a bit paradoxical because there's more entrance, but. Um, yeah, the the we we also are thinking that this is going to be a trend that's going to continue, uh, and more players are going to keep coming in. Uh, some more visits for you all, but uh, you know, I'll I'll move to my last question, and that is just a, take a step back at a broad view here. Um, Ten years since the first edition came out, um, and I would encourage all those listening to. Uh, download the the guide and read all the chapters and all the insight about how the restructuring landscape has changed over the past 10 years. Uh, but I want to give you the floor to add any final takeaways from uh, how the practice has changed over the past 10 years and what you learned uh, as you updated this its second edition. Well, sure. And um, hopefully I won't just be sounding like a broken record and just you know repeating myself because you, you asked a whole bunch of questions all really good questions and it really all ties together okay so one of the things that i mentioned before is um and i said it in a different way there is a much higher sense of urgency today to get in and out of bankruptcy than there ever was before and i've seen this change over over you know the 30 something years i've been doing this from a four-year bankruptcy to literally a three-month bankruptcy. And it's slowly changed. It's not like something that just happened in five years. It's been it's been slowly changing. Okay. But it should be noted, you know, not every case can be fast-tracked. There's still a lot of very complex cases out there. Um, as you mentioned, and we put in one of the chapters, this it's not my opinion that cases are shorter. There's factual information. Cases have gotten significantly shorter. Even free fall cases, okay? where it's just no preparation whatsoever, something happens, it goes into bankruptcy, it's still shorter than the free, free fall cases used to be. And the overall reason for this is ties into all those new creditors coming in, the new money, that everybody is on a much tighter leash than they ever were before. And everybody is you know, under pressure to, you know, to, to react quickly. There's not a lot of time to really catch your breath and say, okay, how are we gonna fix this? You gotta start moving right away. And if you don't, somebody else is gonna come in and, and, and do it for you. So um, I think that is one of the biggest things that have happened. Now, again, as I mentioned earlier, this book is for you know senior executives and directors. And I think it's important. It's not just how to deal with a certain situation when you're in distress, but it's also how do you deal with the other players? It's very important to understand and anticipate, you know, what somebody would do. As a bankruptcy professional, um, I really truly appreciate um, all the other bankruptcy professionals and and both lawyers and adv and advisors and bankers because it's really interesting to watch. You know, Jeff, you could go to a meeting in the morning on a on a on a case, and FTI is representing the company. 
and with a certain set of attorneys. And on the other side of the table is the unsecured creditor committee and the, the senior lenders, and they each have their own advisors and their own attorneys. And you, you're busy for hours negotiating. And then you leave and you go to another meeting in the afternoon. And now FTI is representing the senior lenders. And the, it's just, it's like musical chairs. And so everybody understands this situation. Um, it's a very small community, um, but things things are moving at, you know, a light speed nowadays. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm thrilled that we did this book. I'm thrilled that the reception so far is, is, is really good. And I think it's going to be really, really helpful for those people that are not, because this is really meant for folks that don't do this on a daily basis um, to tap into some of these things, not just understand how to deal with it from a financial standpoint, but how to deal with the players that are involved. So that's my, uh, that's my spiel. Yeah, no, this is, it's been great. And maybe we'll talk back again in 10 years about the third edition and see where things have changed. Then, um, I wanted to, you know, I want to thank you for joining and the best place for people to download the book is on FTI's website. And I, I want to make sure everybody can read this because we also agree that it's been a very helpful book to a book guide for us all to tap into. Thank you, Jeff. It's wonderful being here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. 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 So thank you all uh, for listening. Um, and thanks once again, thanks, Michael. Uh, please read the book. We, we highly recommend it. Um, and we'll have an episode again next week. Thanks all.